Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Sharing his journey with us today on the show is a man who, since I first met, has added an immense amount of color, inspiration, and love to my life each time we have had the opportunity to meet up in 4D. He holds a BS in exercise biology from UC Davis, is a six-time California state wrestling champion, is a world-class physical fitness coach, holding certifications from prestigious groups such as the Tech Institute and ACSM, and is the owner and founder of Committed HP a business dedicated to being on the cutting edge of fitness equipment and performance training in order to create a reality where communities of truly healthy, happy, high-performing humans are commonplace. So please help me in welcoming Brian Osuna to the show. Brian, what's up, (laughs) my man? (laughs) Oh, Ryan, I am so excited to be here today, man. Dude. You know what? Can I call you Third Eye Rye? Dude, you have full permission to call me Third Eye Ryan. Has anyone ever called you that? No, but that is the coolest nickname I've ever had <laughs> given to me. So that's sticking now. Next just came th- through. Dude, you know, we're already on track for the downloads, man. I was telling you right before we started, like, we're recording on a Sunday. I'm on vacation vibration. It's rainy out. It's cozy <laughs> out. I got a warm cup of cacao, and I'm ready to go, man. This is just awesome. So thank you Beautiful. so much for being here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and and thank you so much for the coolest nickname ever. Third Eye Rye, yeah. I feel like, is... uh. It's actually really funny as I think about it because there's third eye blind, right? Like, so it's kind of like a play on words to that, which is equally even funnier. And then third eye rye is like an alter ego that I enter mm-hmm. in certain states, right? I got to get the oh, custom yeah. uh, tracksuit now. You know, I have the highly optimized one, but I got to get the third eye rye one. It'd be like yeah. stones, just total disco. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love yeah, it. Man. So, you know, mm-hmm. I know you've had a very long and awesome journey, right? You know, we could chat for hours on all the different parts of it, you know, but in knowing you and in hearing your story and in watching your development myself, you know, I've really come to realize that, you know, your journey started, you know, in purely what looked like physical fitness and then it's blossomed into so many areas of fitness, mental, emotional, spiritual. And, you know, I'd love it if you could bring us along that part of your journey, right? The part where, you know, where you started, what your kind of aha moment was that, you know, allowed you to realize that maybe there was more to it than just the physical fitness side in order to be optimized. And then where that took you from there. Mm, Awesome. Love it. So yeah, just to give people a little background, I went to college at UC Davis. Uh, As you mentioned, I got a, a bachelor's in exercise biology. I really appreciated uh, the education there and uh, had a great time. (laughs) But, um, you know, finishing off there was also the end of a 15-year wrestling career. You know, wrestling is a a wonderful sport, but it's super intense, um, requires, you know, the highest level of commitment, and it really does take a tremendous toll on your body. (laughs) So I had accumulated just as impressive of an injury resume as my actual (laughs) success resume. So I I was pretty beat up finishing my wrestling career and uh, didn't really know where I was going. I I had a passion for athletics and fitness, but I really didn't know where I was going. I had planned on studying for the MCATs and going to um, medical school, but something deep down inside of me was just like, that's not your direction. And thankfully, I did end up listening to that. Um, But in addition to just all my physical injuries, I was really struggling with anxiety and depression. I think that's something that a lot of athletes, uh, as they finish their career, really struggle with because they've had this they've had this thing that's been the center of their focus, their whole being was put into this this endeavor. And a lot of times, even, you know, similar to people coming back from war, they've had that team, that camaraderie with the people that they went to war with. And, you know, they come back and a large part of PTSD is that that's missing now, that community, that deep connection, that team. So I think that was a big component to it as well. You know, even though I had grown up, you know, being taught 
good nutrition for the most part. You know, I, I wasn't really um, listening to, to what my body wanted with my nutrition. And I just kind of found myself in probably the most lost year of my life, you know, after college, you know, I had physical injuries and that anxiety and depression, and I just knew I needed to start making changes. I didn't know what that meant. So the first thing I did was I, uh, after, well, after college, I had moved home to Southern California and I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere else. So I came back up to Northern California and I just started working in fitness. But here's a little funny part of my story the thing that I really give a huge amount of credit to that was a stepping stone into getting into holistic health was I actually had acne at like 24 still. And I was like, man, I don't, I really don't want acne anymore. <laughs> and I just was not vibing with anything that dermatologists said. And I found a book called Clear Skin Diet and just starting to understand the connection between food and the rest of our health and our body. It was like, well, that makes so much sense, <laughs> you know? And I, I don't know why I had never put it together, but just the, that what the food does once it's in our body and how it affects the rest of us, now that made so much sense. And uh, I immediately started eating a cleaner diet and just noticing just how much better I felt, how much better I looked, how much better, you know, I operated. And then that just kind of set off a domino effect. Um, going into the rest of my life, I started actually following some of the early podcasters like Rob Wolf, you know, uh, Rob Wolf. Yeah. And um, really started learning about nutrition. At the same time, really started understanding movement, um, better biomechanics understanding soft tissue work from the standpoint of like how your tissues all interact and connect in the body, um, specifically the fascial network. And those were kind of the first few things that started me on my journey to becoming, you know, more whole and more well. But about two years into fitness uh, as kind of a full-time endeavor, still not knowing if that was going to be my full-time thing, I really just started to feel how how much of a blessing it felt to to help people with the gifts that I've been given and all that effort I put into learning how the body moves through wrestling and all the training I had done in wrestling and just how easily I was able to translate my own body awareness into helping other people move better in fitness and just feeling how fulfilling that was to get people connecting to their body and moving, even if it was in the most like simple fundamental way, like, can you keep your body straight in a push up? Oh, this person has never done a push up in their life and, and getting them to do a push up and how much, how empowering you can, you can just see like their eyes light up and see them get excited with these simple things or getting them out of pain, you know, getting them feeling the best that they have in, in months, if not years, just from making little, tweaks in how they move, giving them simple exercise prescriptions or increasing their body awareness. And that's when I really just started falling in love with coaching and training and fitness coaching has been a very intuitive career for me. And that was really also the doorway into a lot of me trusting my own intuition, which has been one of the most powerful tools of my life is really leaning into and listening to my intuition. And that's come through with, with business, with friendships, with investing, just every area of my life now has been blessed with some wonderful in, in, intuitive downloads. Um, but that really started with my fitness career, getting, uh, trusting my intuition, listening to it with what my clients, what I should um, move forward with teaching my clients or helping them with, uh, and then also developing the products, which are now part of the committed HP product lineup. And yeah, just the, so many blessings just started coming through so many gifts, um, through fitness that I never would have imagined started coming through, you know, I, I would say somewhere right in the middle of, of an 11 year career, is when I really started to kind of take my personal growth and development to the next level and really started to experience the longing for the emotional and spiritual depths 
which are what what are at my forefront now. And I'm trying to remember what what were the big stepping stones in that area. Probably as we talk, the, those will come through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a huge piece of my development and my growth around that was meeting my now wife Shay, mm-hmm. who exposed me to at the time one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced, which is what she practices, which is called network spinal. Um, it's a type of chiropractic. Uh, they also do what's called somatorespiratory integration. And this is a great story because, um, so I actually, I actually initially met her on Bumble, which is a, a dating app. Nice. And I think only the th- either second or at most third time we had ever hung out. We met up with one of her, her friends who also did, who also did this technique network spinal. And just to give people a little, idea. So network spinal is a gentle touch chiropractic that works with energies in the body. And at the, at the base, at at the foundation, it's all about optimizing the state of the nervous system. So getting the nervous system back in balance out of fight and flight and getting that energy free flowing through your nervous system. And then looking at all the other levels of energy in your being, but people who have received a lot of network spinal care, their body is like almost hypersensitive to it. When they receive the care, oftentimes their body starts just automatically moving in in these spinal waves. And it's, it's one of the weirdest things (laughs) when you see it, but we met up with one of our friends and they decided to, uh, they call it entrainment. So when you get to receive a network spinal treatment, it's called an entrainment. So you're getting entrained to these different waves, these different wavelengths that come through your body. And so they did it to each other. Uh, <laughs> she, she probably wouldn't love me saying this on a podcast, but I'm going to share it anyways, <laughs> just to set the hilarious <laughs> stage. And we've both uh, grown a lot since, since then. Um, they were, we were in a bar. <laughs> we were sitting at on stools in a bar and they're, and, and they entrain each other. So, they're sitting here and we're sitting in a bar in San Francisco and they're like in this full like somatic way. Their body is going through this full wave and I'm just sitting there like I'm getting punked right now. I'm getting punked. Like what is going on right now? These people are crazy. But something, something in me was like, and I'm really curious about all of this. But fast forward, you know, as Shay and I, you know, got closer and we started dating and fell in love, just being around that practice and, and seeing her awareness and feeling her energy and what came through was just like, wow, there's, there's a lot more levels of depth here that, mm. you know, I have not been really aware of and I have not explored. And, and that really kind of lit a fire in me to start exploring these other these other realms these other energy these other aspects of us as dynamic beings and so so that was just a fun story because like i had not been exposed to anything really energetically before that and just to to experience that and it it was hilarious i tell people this (laughs) story all the time but and then you know just discovering paul check and just hearing how he pieces together every aspect of the human experience and wellness and, and how your spiritual health and your emotional health and your mental health all are inextricably linked to your physical health. And, you know, I think he was a a huge piece of my journey and, and really just um, seeing how courageous he was to um, speak his truths even though many people had have seen him or been exposed to him as a fitness guru or person and, and just seeing like how, yeah, just how open he was about all the other aspects of, of his life and journey and his passions. I think all of that just, you know, really started giving me permission to really start exploring um, these deeper these deeper longings, these deeper interests that I had. And yeah, man, I think I'll cap the story at that, but there's, there's so much. Um, the, the, the only other thing I, I, I do want to mention is 
the one thing that was one of the most alchemizing phases of my life um, was I also continued to compete as uh, well first in CrossFit, but then when CrossFit didn't work out for me, I found Spartan racing, which I absolutely fell in love with and it worked perfectly for my, my body and my gifts and the true blessing of my three years competing at a really high level as a Spartan athlete was really falling in love with myself as an athlete, seeing how much differently I could experience high performance training at a high level and competing at a high level in a way that was completely opposite of how my experience as a competitive athlete, as as a wrestler was. And um, just being able to come from a place of abundance and awe and curiosity and, and wonder, like, what could I do if I train like this? What could I, what will it feel like, you know, running this fast? What does it feel like, uh, you know, so just this totally different relationship to uh, athletic performance and, and competing at a high level. And that was really one of the most magical um, steps of my journey because even though my focus was changing my relationship to the training, I was really changing my relationship to myself mm. and I was falling in love with myself and falling in love with my gifts and what I was able to do. And that, that was just a, a really beautiful thing for me. That's beautiful, man. That whole entire journey, man, it was so cool because every single point of it, I could tell by the expression on your face. And for those that aren't getting to watch the amazing expressions on Brian's face, I apologize. Sorry, not sorry. But, uh, you know, I could see how much every single one of those things meant to you and really inspired you and how much you could really go back and relive those moments. And that to me is a sign of someone who's truly happy and truly has integrated all of those times, regardless of how they felt in the moment, you know, for instance, having all those injuries after you were done wrestling, I imagine was challenging for you at one point, but now you can go back there with grace and give yourself mm -hmm. grace and realize where you were at and thank them, right? The pain teacher is always something we can <laughs> thank if we choose to. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wrote quite a few notes down and, you know, kind of go uh, backwards a little bit, but, you know, one thing I heard in the Spartan races that seemed like a difference was you had activated your inner child, right? Like, mm -hmm. and this is something Hell that... Yeah. You know, it's all well and good to train, right? Like I love training. I love lifting heavy stuff. And it's yeah. also like, but what am I actually training for if I don't go do anything, right? So mountain yeah. biking is my thing. You know, like I love yeah. mountain biking because it puts me to the test in a way, but not because I'm coming at it from me now, who it's a very similar journey we went through in terms of just like mindset around fitness of like, no, I have to do this. This It became like I was my own drill sergeant, right? Mm, and, yeah. and I wouldn't let myself have fun. Uh, it was just a different energy. And now when I go out into the woods, like there'll be times where I look at someone and I'm like, Nope, I'm not doing that. Like, cause I, cause like, what would someone that loves himself do? Right. Like, yeah. you know, that question, you know, is something I ask myself anytime I'm stuck. What would someone that loves himself do? Because mm. I always know the answer right away. It's always like, mm -hmm. all right, I was already thinking that, you know, like, and so, you know, it's really cool because, you know, that ability to come at anything we love in life with passion, yet also childlike passion, mm. where it's not so much about winning. It's just about like, can I say yes and participate? If I can do that, I already won. And anything else is just a cool bonus, right? Like, oh, awesome. Yeah. It's like yeah. when you already open your PlayStation on Christmas morning and you're like, I got everything. <laughs> and then your parents are like, we got three more gifts for you. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, it's like that, you know, that type yeah. of Yeah. As you're sharing very specific memories were coming through mm. and the feelings of just being out on a run, on a rate in a race, in a competition, I'm going hundred <laughs> percent and like just letting myself drop into a state of just bliss or wonder with a big smile on my face, even though I'm like redlining like mm -hmm. near, you know, max effort on something and yeah, that just remembering those moments of like how cool it was to like find that sweet spot of like my body's like given it's all mm. I could, I could choose to be like, Oh, like this is so hard. Like I can't wait for this to be over or just to be like blocking everything out, trying to survive it. But like I chose to fully participate with it and look around and smile and like look at the trees and, 
And yeah, there were two specific memories. I actually don't even remember exactly what races, but it was more like the, the feeling, the somatic mm. uh, and the, the, the visual pieces of those memories coming through and just, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah, dude, you are very welcome. And thank you because, you know, something that I just thought of was, you know, what you just stated beautifully and perfectly was the fact that that whole entire metaphor of it's not what happens to us in life, it's how we respond to it, right? Mm-hmm. So the things things just happen, right? Like my basement flooded the other day with five feet of water, lost a boiler, and like it just happened, mm-hmm. right? And in that moment, I could either play the victim, this sucks, oh, why is these things always happening to me, make it even worse with the drama language like I've done in the past and all those things, or I could just go, okay, this happened. What are the facts? I need to get this out of here, right? I know how to get it out. I can. I have someone who can do that. And then these are the people I need to call and just, hey, you know what? Like things happen, right? And we mm-hmm. get to choose how we look at them. And so it's like, you know, the difference with when I first started my athletic career and fitness and all that stuff, it was more like, you know, I would almost redline myself just to be able to be like, oh, this sucks. Oh, I worked really hard. Today, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's why these days, I will redline myself sometimes, especially that's why I have trainers because they help me redline a little bit like healthily. But like, even when I'm redlining, I'm still like laughing because like, even if it's hard, I'm like, oh man, like I'm doing so good right now. You know, like I'm so proud of my body. This is amazing, you know? Yeah. And and so it's a different energy where like, you know, you don't need to redline. You're like, I just want to explore it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like having to drag race on the streets for money because you're addicted versus like just going a little wide open throttle on the highway because you just want a little taste of it, you know? Like <laughs> it's a different energy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one thing to take a slight turn, but one thing that came through that was huge also, mm. that's actually one of the biggest gifts in this phase of my life, specifically the last two years that um, was really magical from the, the specifically the Spartan racing phase of my competitive uh, athlete career was visualization. And I think I had been exposed to visualization back in in college. But one thing I just intuitively did was when I visualized, I imagined how I would feel, not just if everything was going perfectly, but how I would respond in an empowering way if things were not going perfectly, right? And... I visualized many different scenarios and I felt like, how am I going to feel? How am I going to respond if I miss this spear throw, which is one of the most frustrating obstacles in Spartan racing. It's, you know, people are getting a lot better at it. But when I first started, it was like 30% success rate on the, the, the spear throw. Yeah. And it's extra frustrating because it's, I don't know how to put it into words, but anyways, um, I just remember, you know, before some of my big races, I would, I would visualize some of, um, my most challenging obstacles and I would imagine all the different, you know, possible outcomes. I would imagine them in a way that like, Hey, I'm still going to succeed through this, but maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll nail the monkey bars. Maybe I'll slip and fall. Maybe I'll get caught up and I'll, get through it, but I'll feel like I completely blew out my forearms and, you know, whatever. So, and I would imagine all these possible scenarios and, you know, some people would be like, well, why would you want to imagine failing? And like, for me, like having a perfect, I, I was never setting out to have a perfect race. You know, I, I was setting out to have, you know, the best experience I could have. Some of the best races I had, I would fail obstacles and, and have a comeback or whatever. So being able to stay empowered throughout my race was one of the most important things, being able to stay in my element. But a lot of people get out of their element, they get disempowered when something doesn't go the way that they wanted it to go, what they imagined. Mm. So being able to visualize like, hey, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, I'm still going to succeed no matter what, because I'm going to respond in a way that I know I can respond. And that was just like, no one taught me that. I just knew to do that. And it, it just paid off so much because, you know, there were times where I did have a a rough quote unquote failure on an obstacle. (laughs) 
and I had to like, I had to battle back and the, the physical, mental and emotional battle of like coming back from an obstacle can be really rough. But if you've already visualized it and you know, like, Hey, this is part of my journey, <laughs> then, um, it just makes it so much, so much better. And then taking that visualization and really having it being an embodied practice and not just a mental practice was such a gift. And it has been such a gift for the other areas of my life. And uh, I, I do visualization pretty much every day now. You yeah. know, it's it's so amazing you bring that up because visualization is something that like, yeah, I, I knew I knew it, right? Which again, yeah. like Mark Twain says, it's what you know, you know, that gets you in trouble, not what you think, you know, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I knew that I knew visualization inside and out, you know, people were talking about, yeah, I get that, you know, and just recently, you know, in the last few months, I've had, God, a lot of just to fast forward through a lot of wild stuff, a lot of very mind opening experiences, right? Both psychedelic, non psychedelic, business wide, just in general, right? That have allowed me to come to a place now where the snow globe, the shaken up snow globe that was my life for so long has finally settled, right? And I'm continuing to allow it to stay settled, right? With my intentions each day, with where I put my focus, with what I prioritize, right? Like my two hours of meditation per day, way mm -hmm. more like the Ryan of a year ago would have been like, you don't have time to do that. The Ryan mm -hmm. of today is like, you don't have time to miss that, you know, like that, like you don't have, you know, it's, it's funny how those things shift. And so in all of that, what I was able to revisit and really get down to a different degree was visualization. And what I noticed was that I was complicating it too much, right? Like I was, you know, and what I also noticed is maybe this is just me, but I felt like when I read Joe Dispenza's stuff and then the surrender experiment, they were both talking about another aspect or, you know, potential of manifestation and visualization, but they didn't really have the full scope to where I understood it. And so mm. Recently, I was reading Psycho-Cybernetics, which is an amazing book that was written in 1960. Like, <laughs> you ever read that book and, like, you think about the things they talk about and you're like, this was literally the book that started ever Like, Joe Dispenza, I guarantee, has read this book a thousand times or something, you know? The way they put it in that book, the narrator is very, like, the clear eyes type guy, too. So it's funny because... He just says, like, this is how the mind just works. Like, it's mm -hmm. not, you know, it's only called superstition because it's so far away from what most people believe. But that doesn't mean it's actually anything amazing, right? Not and, and also on the other side of that, it's like, and it is amazing and all of life is amazing. And did you forget we're floating on a rock that no one really knows where it came from or anything? Like, everything's <laughs> amazing. But in the sense of everything's amazing, this is just another one of those amazing natural things. And mm -hmm. so what I really liked about you know, that was that it allowed you to see like, okay, what, what I noticed was from my own process, I wanted to go back to a feeling that I had already experienced, right? That was like an elated feeling and realize that that feeling is the exact same, like joy and happiness, euphoria, whatever you want to call that perfect feeling, perfect quotations. It's not like there's like, well, you could feel perfect or you could feel euphoric. They're different. You know, it's like, no, they're all kind of just the same massive, amazing feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so I went back, I found that feeling. I really spend a lot of time there, like tuning into that feeling. And then I just copy and paste that feeling onto visuals that make me happy. And mm -hmm. then I kind of like do my visualization that way where I'm attaching the feeling onto it. And then from there, then it's about surrendering because the mind is mm -hmm. goal oriented. It's a servile process. Once you give it a goal that like, this is what he was talking about. This is how the mind works. Once you give it a goal, get out of the way and the universe is going to bring you things that are in resonance with how you feel. So you just mm -hmm. need to keep feeling and get out of the way. And that's the part that was so hard for me. Cause I was like, no, I need to figure out what to do next. It was like within reason, of course, like do the things that make you feel more like you, you know, do your business, do your purpose, whatever, but be open be open-minded to things that are completely off your track, quote unquote, mm -hmm. that come into your frame, frame of reference. And yeah. what, I, what I loved about what you said was you added another layer to that, which I'm now going to use, which is actually going through all the challenging scenarios, right? Because this is something I found. Sometimes I realize I'm visualizing something I don't want, right? But if I actually visualize that and go, hey, what if that's perfectly what I'm supposed to be thinking of right now? And the invitation or the opportunity here is to reframe how I'm acting in that visualization. Like say if, you know, the basement floods again and I see myself like getting all stressed. Okay, well, if that happens, I'll do this. It's like, no, if it happens, I see myself at the bottom of the stairs laughing 
with my feet covered in water, you know, like, and I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, Hey, it's cool. I guess I'm going to take a couple days off from work and handle this, you know? And so I really enjoyed that. And also what I thought of, you know, again, like we're in constant download land here. What I got was, is it really the challenging quote unquote event that we see in our head that gets us upset? Or is it the reaction that we know we know we're going to have to it? Yeah. Like, so if you can beat that reaction by taking it away, by taking its power away and taking your power back, then really everything in life becomes a positive event because you Mm -hmm. choose to view it that way as the creator. Exactly. Exactly, man. You nailed it. I've even recently been like, when I really geek out on, on the manifestation stuff, I'm like, it's like I'm calling in like a few different possible realities and then I'm just like dancing in, in between them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for anyone listening that, you know, they're dabbling with or exploring visualization or manifestation from what I have heard from, you know, the, the teachers who I really respect and from everything that I have manifested in my life that have been the biggest gifts and blessings, the embodiment component is so important. Mm. Being able to embody what you want to experience, what you want to feel uh, and really bring it into your body and not just, just in your mind, you know, you need both, but how do you want to feel? That's something that took definitely took practice for me, or maybe I was doing it subconsciously, not realizing it. And even just at the very basic level, when you spend time calling in feelings and emotions and experiences into your body in real time, you're teaching your body how to have those experiences, regardless of if, you know, you're, you're manifesting anything. And Mm. just like you said, it's not the event, it's how you react and respond. And you can practice responding to events and teaching your body no different than practicing a push-up. It's going to get better at responding in a way that's more empowering or more authentic to where the way that you want to operate in your life. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if, if a flooded basement is a recurring event for you, which I hope it's not, <laughs> yeah. um, or whatever it is, you know, something in your life that's triggering, you can literally practice uh, visually and, you know, somatically responding to those things and you can retrain your brain and body how to respond and and you can start actually operating and showing up differently in your life um so yeah that that embodiment piece is just so big yeah and therefore if you're when you're able to do that your worst case scenario just becomes another scenario in the broad range of scenarios that are able to happen right like yeah just Oh, if that happens, I'll continue to smile and uh, I'll get my feet wet for a couple of days. All right, cool. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you know, the thing that like, I feel the main challenge I see with people who hear visualization manifestation, they go, that sounds stupid. How does that really work? And it's like, yes, I totally get it. If you're looking at this purely from an analytical left mind, left brain point of view, it's going to seem completely stupid because it's not quote unquote logical, right? Because mm-hmm. the universe does not work on logic. And there's a whole other side of science that has been basically omitted that we call spirituality science, which is qualitative in nature. And biogeometry talks about this, right? I mean, the easiest way to throw a huge monkey wrench in this whole thing for people that are stuck in the left brain, and I've been there, so I get it, is just to simply ask them, do you love someone? And can you tell me how many units of love you have for that person (laughs) versus another person in your life versus that person? It's not measurable, right? Yet it does not mean that it is not real or there, right? Or doesn't exist. We all know the experience of love, but what you might feel it as is not necessarily what I feel it as, right? What we try to quantify it as, you know? And so some of the best things of life are not really meant to be measured because life is meant to be lived, not necessarily Mm -hmm. constantly measured. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I found is that you know, as a society, we've moved so far into the left brain now that you can see it running amok. I mean, that's personally why I feel anxiety, depression, all of these things, you know, are on the rise. Not only that, but it's one of the factors because the left brain does make life less magical when you reside in there constantly. It's an Mm -hmm. amazing tool, right? But if you think it's the whole toolbox and you forget that you have a whole other toolbox that has equally amazing tools for different things, then 
ultimately you're going to end up suffering in some way, shape or form. And uh, that's what I feel is so special about, you know, the journey you've gone on. And it sounds exactly like the journey I've gone on, too, is that we can see where we came from, you know, more left brained thinking. And then we Mm -hmm. were able to, you know, through a series of events, let's say fortunate events, we were able to transition to the right brain. And now we can use discernment to go, okay, like, yeah, I got to figure out some math problems. All right, left brain come out. Okay, I got to figure out, you know, how I feel about my day and visualize, okay, right brain, like, you know, and so you're using both parts, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's integration, you know? Yeah. And one thing that came through while you were sharing that is trying to left brain, your way out of something like anxiety and depression Mm. usually just makes it worse, right? Yes. When you're being in a state that feels like anxiety or feels like depression, you know, which is, you know, we could, we can go down that whole rabbit hole, that Mm -hmm. whole rabbit hole, because, you know, what you might be experiencing as anxiety could be a whole host of things, but either way, sitting there trying to figure out why, why, why am I depressed? Why am I anxious mm-hmm. is usually going to compound it and make it worse and make your state of suffering even worse. And this is not me telling anyone that you shouldn't do things to navigate through and out of that. But mm-hmm. oftentimes just being able to just be with that uncomfortableness and be like, okay, here I am. This is my experience and sit with it. So much of the suffering that comes with those states starts disappearing. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes you find yourself falling into an answer or or going through whatever it is you need to to heal. But I just have noticed that um, with myself is the constant trying to figure out why is almost more creates almost more suffering than the thing itself. Absolutely. Because, you know, and what you just said perfectly there was exactly what I fell into. And it's more of that left brain stuff, right? There has to be a reason, a logical reason for me feeling Mm -hmm. this when in reality, it just is right. And so rather than try to do that's an opportunity for us to be but when you look, especially at Western countries, what do we have the most challenging time doing being right. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, because as a kid, I always thought it was so funny watching my parents run around like crazy. And I'm like, they can't relax. Like, and I didn't think of it in that language, but I just noticed like, that's interesting, you know? And now as an adult, like I went through a long, I mean, I'm just getting better at learning how to relax again, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. on the weekends, like they're, they're geared for me really allowing my inner child to come out. And it doesn't mean that I can't work. Right. But it, it, it means that if the work feels in alignment with me relaxing, because again, Mm -hmm all of these things are just stories, right? If your work is stressful, well, then chances are it's going to be stressful all the time. What I say is, you know, for me, the story I like to live in is my work is is what it is, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes up more time. And sometimes I have that time. And sometimes I feel like I don't, right? So like, it's the same thing as how a toddler doesn't go play with the same toy at 2pm every day, because it Mm -hmm. knows that's the time for for, (laughs) like them to play with that toy. It just Mm -hmm. does what it wants, right? And so within reason, that's how I feel we have an opportunity to mold our lives. Of course, you know, we still got to pay rent and all those things, but we can believe more in the process of being able to get there and find ways to give ourselves more grace and space to be mm-hmm. able to allow creative insights to come through. Because that, like you were saying, I mean, you know, those times in which you go, you know, the best way out is through, right? So you go through those feelings. A lot of times on the other side of that, first of all, it's always worth it binary language mm-hmm. acknowledged and accepted, at least in my case, I every single time I've gone through it, it's very rarely gotten easier. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, on the other side of that, it's always been better. And I yeah. always receive some sort of insight that then leads me on to an upward spiral of energy, you know, and then yeah. I'm taken off like a like a rocket ship. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have two tangents I'd, I'd love to go on. But I'll, just to touch on one person and then we'll go into the others. Like, you know, medicine work has been the big, one of the biggest gifts for that. Having the experience of like trying to hold on thinking that there's no other way out of this, whatever it challenging experience I'm having. But then the second I let go and surrender, it's like, I just fall into an entire new experience But then in just, you know, everyday life, just being able to 
have that awareness of like, wow, I'm in a really uncomfortable place. It feels like I'm never going to get get out of here. But in reality, like I'm, I probably have my hand on the door to the next room, which is my, the next experience. Mm -hmm. But I'm so fixated in holding on that I can't just open that door. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've had some much more colorful experiences of that (laughs) literally happening in journeys and in medicine work where I literally, it's like almost fall into a different Alice in Wonder, like just Mm. falling into an totally (laughs) new experience in the matter of seconds. And, but also seeing that in my own life of as soon as I just let go, it's like the door just opens. And then I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm in this new room, which is this new experience. And like, I just had to kind of let go and be for a second. Mm. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. (laughs) We'll we'll get, we'll get deep into that sometime, if not on this podcast, but, um, The other thing that I'm really glad you brought it up because the biggest medicine for me over the last two years has been my son. Mm. Um, So I have a a 17 and a half month um, (laughs) son. You know, I'm so blessed to have already had the permission and the awareness to really explore really being and playing and sound in a way that was really authentic and present. But kids just take it to a whole nother level when you have kids and you spend time with them. If we get a chance to talk about, you know, my my vibrational medicine and sound healing journey as well, Mm. you know, I just happened to have started that part of my journey right when I had a kid (laughs) and being able to just make the sound and roll around on the ground and literally act like I have zero coordination and just all the things that babies do and giving yourself permission to do that and just let it happen. At first it's kind of like you're, you're trying. And um, so with like sounding and, and playing stuff, like for some people who, who like struggle, like I say, fake it till you make it. Cause there is like, at first you're going to feel like I'm just doing something else. Right. <laughs> but then, you know, once your body has permission and then you can turn your mind off, your body will just play and make sounds. But having a, having a baby man, is just one of the best medicines on <laughs> earth in every sense of it. But specifically when there's that play and when, you know, you're making sound and I've even seen, people that either my wife treats or I treat with my sound healing modalities who maybe struggle in the context of like a a session to make sound or to move in a certain way. And then I see them with a a kid, whether it's their kid or ours and they're, they're just fully open to it. Um, So just seeing that gift, which is like that childlike purity, authenticity, and just being in their body and in the present moment. Uh, and there's nothing, there's no left brain. It does not exist. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that has been such a gift and just a real amplifier of the things that I was already exploring with just being, being present and being authentic in, in my experience. Mm. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting how the universe can give us these downloads at the same time, right? Like for instance, the correlation between I'm starting sound healing. Oh, I'm having a son, right? Like (laughs) that's very interesting, right? Like you can imagine what, you know, your higher self source, the universe, whatever you want to call it, you know, said like, he's going to need this, you know? And it's like, (laughs) hit that passion button, you know? And uh, it's, it's so amazing, man, because, you know, like I say a lot and like I've heard Paul say so much and, and like I've experienced you know, when you look into the eyes of a child, you're really looking into the eyes of God, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if you believe, you know, what I believe, which is that we're all God, right? We're all the creator. Mm-hmm. Everything that's living has the same conscious energy that everything else does. And so we're all, you know, going off the same battery, if you will. Then when you look at a life form that is unobstructed from the left brain yet, right? Which again, I'm not casting any negative things against the left brain as we'll get into and. In, you know, this one time on psychedelics, the whole ego is the enemy thing is one of the silliest things I've ever heard. That mm-hmm. being said, though, 
you know, it does make you more human, the left brain, right? And which is great, you know, you needed to learn how to take out the trash and stuff, you know, <laughs> but uh, and survive a, you know, a grizzly bear or whatever. I don't know what kind of life I'm painting right now, but you know, <laughs> regardless, you need it for a lot of reasons. But the gift of being able to look at a child and get that reminder, I mean, think about, you know, I've had some very incredible medicine journeys, right? And the ones that are most have been most incredible. The times in which I was sober and had an incredible moment, it was when I was able to look at life as if it was the first time. Mm. Like when I really look back at any time that life has seemed brand new for me, right? And when you look at the eyes of a kid, I mean, you could literally have endless, infinite moments of that every time you look at them, because Mm -hmm. every single millisecond, they are experiencing everything as if it's for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that is such an incredible teacher to be around, right? Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that's inspired you a tremendous amount on your journey, especially with sound healing. And I'm curious, you know, how how does your son respond to the sound healing? Does he like it? Bro, <laughs> he, he is a straight up sound shaman already. I'm just like, oh my goodness. He is <laughs> what have the I cutest created? Thing. <laughs> well, even just like an hour ago, we always bless our food. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do it with a, a prayer or sometimes I do it just with sound. Mm. So like I might make a sound because I believe that sound specific, sound specific frequencies amplify your intentions and your prayers. Um, sometimes more than words because um, spe- especially the sounds that you can make with your vocal cords can actually express what's going on in your feelings better than any words can. Mm. Uh, So sometimes I'll bless our food with just a sound that wants to come through. Or sometimes will you, you know, say a very specific prayer. Um, But I also, I also uh, bless my uh, house plants because house uh, plants love sound, man. Oh yeah. They love that shit. Yeah. Um, So uh, sometimes we'll just walk around blessing the plants and Liam loves that. He was walking around today. I mean, he's a year and a half, dude. <laughs> going up to our plants, putting his hand over them and just going, uh, and blessing them. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. And <laughs> it's just so cool. Anytime he's seen, he sees one of our Tibetan bulls, he just lays on his stomach and looks back like play it on me. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Play it on him. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's so it's the best thing ever, man. But uh, I don't even remember what the question was. What was the question? I, you know, honestly, <laughs> just, you know, how much he loved it, you know, and, and oh. that perfectly, you know, and yeah, you mentioned, you know, the whole plant thing, because my relationship with cannabis and, you know, doing biogeometry around cannabis and, you know, sound healing and things like that. It's so incredible. And also, you know, to get a little uh, esoteric out there. I mean, if you've ever had a medicine journey and like sat up against a tree, just like the primordial sound you can hear in that tree. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening, you just got to try it. All right. Don't take mm-hmm. my word for it. Go, go be your own. Uh, <laughs> go be your own steward on this, you know, but yeah. it's it's so interesting because there's just so many deeper layers than what we're told, especially with plants. Right. When I think about the whole like vegetarian vegan thing like i totally get it right from from the description that you know the people believe that do it but the thing that i don't understand is the whole sentient thing right like hey you know pigs or whatever understand that they're alive i'm like plants do too you know like that's a that's a big thing and i feel like plants uh have gotten a interesting rap like plants yeah. you know to me and this is just my theory i think i've heard check talk about this too plants are like the most advanced species and i believe it was paul that said like the reason they uh, embody plants right in this life is because it wouldn't even make sense to them to embody a human being. It would almost be like <laughs> a god in living color, right? And so their lives are much more about awareness and community, right? Because in the world of nature, there isn't necessarily grudges or anything like that. It's just it's just nature, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just is. And so they're able to stay connected through the mycorrhizae network. And uh, it's just, it's very interesting. And so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that the plants respond so well to that. That's the experience I've had too. And it's so cool to know your son's getting to embody that at such a young age. Yeah. Talk about superhuman yeah. uh, upbringing, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's just, he loves music. He loves sound. Yeah. Uh, I just recently got a, a an electric piano mm. and he just loves to walk. He just goes over and just wants to play it. And we went to like a little festival here in Boulder um, the other day and he's just jamming out. And 
he just <laughs> loves music. I'm so curious to see, to, you know, really just continue to give him permission to be in love with whatever he's in love with. And first and foremost, by continuing to do that myself and, and showing him what permission looks like. But yeah, it, it's so great. It, it's, yeah, I'm just... Oh. <laughs> You know, again, guys, you can't see the expressions, you know, but they're giving me energy through the screen. <laughs> and uh, what do you think it takes to spark inspiration? You know, we've talked about manifestation. We talked about visualization. And I imagine that brought up a lot of things when I asked it, right? And I'm so curious because when I'm in these types of flows of people, this is like what I feel like can drop those bombs for the people listening and for us too that allow us mm -hmm. to be like, oh my God, that makes sense because it's always simpler than we think. So I'm curious, what mm -hmm. do you think it takes for you or for the world, whatever way you want to take it to have a spark of inspiration? Like mm -hmm. what, what's there? Yeah. Well, one thing that that's coming through for me is giving yourself space, giving yourself some space and some quiet to let your highest self, let your your whole self speak to you mm. to, to put those, put those messages, those downloads of the intuition, or even just like remind you of something that you're in love with, or you've always been in love with. Um, but if, if we're never giving ourselves the time and space or the silence to do that, and I'm not talking about like going out and sitting in nature for like five days or anything, I mean, we can be literally talking about walking around the block without your phone and just being quiet, but having some sort of stillness in your mind and in your being, and you can even, you know, take it to the next level and inviting, you know, inviting yourself to, to hear for your you know, higher self, or even if you don't want to go, you know, that to the spiritual route, just letting letting yourself hear what's underneath the noise. All of my biggest passions, all of my biggest inspirations over the last few years have come out of that. And then I would say the second thing from there is don't hesitate. When something comes through and it feels right to you, and I'm not saying like, go buy a car the second you think about like yeah. a car that you, you like, but... <laughs> Take a step yeah. in moving towards that thing, mm -hmm. even if it's a small one. And my biggest thing is telling someone because for mm -hmm. some something magical happens when I tell someone like, hey, I really want to learn acrobatics. That sounds like really, I'm really inspired to do that. I have no idea what that means, how it's going to happen. And just tell someone like I just all of a sudden got the spark of inspiration to do acrobatics and just trusting it and then telling someone <laughs> or, you know, signing up for a beginner class or, you know, going on YouTube, but yeah, trusting it and taking even a small action for me when something really feels right in, inside of me, I would say those are the two big ingredients for me in terms of moving towards inspiration. I love that, man. And what's so interesting that I found, right, is the moments where I get the biggest downloads, the most earth shattering ones, the ones that really allow me to experience more out of life and change my experience of life to one that is more suitable for my personal growth and my happiness and my inspiration, existence, whatever you want to say. It's those times in which I finally actually relax. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about like, you know, not that this is necessarily a bad thing, but not like, okay, I'm putting an hour on my calendar because that's when I'm going to relax. That is valuable, right? It can train you to get into the mindset of relaxing. You know, maybe I have a week where I'm like, hey, this weekend, I'm really just going to have game night. I'm going to, you know, be present in my relationships. And then that night, play some can jam with my friends. And that might not be the logical thing, right? I might mm -hmm. be saying, hey, I have three podcasts to do on Monday. I should, <laughs> right? Shooting all over yourself. I should <laughs> be writing an intro. Logically, it would make sense to write, you know, an intro Saturday and Sunday so that I can not have my workload like crazy on Monday. But what I found is that the times in which like I could totally side my logical brain there and say, yeah, that makes sense. Right. But what I've learned is when I've trusted the intuitive sense I've got before that and made a step in that right direction where I've actually said, you know what, I'm just going to let myself be a kid this weekend. Then on Monday, I wake up 
two hours earlier and I just get the intros done like that because I'm so filled up because I'm actually allowing me to have fun in life again. Mm -hmm. And if life starts to become fun with you, then you can start to train yourself like we were talking about with visualization and manifestation to take that same mindset that you have when you're having fun and move it into anything. Oh, it's tax Mm -hmm. day. Awesome. That's hilarious. (laughs) That means I'm going to laugh a lot with my partner, you know, and like, so, you know, those kind of things, it's, it's simply a choice, right? And all of this stuff we've been talking about is a choice. If, you want inspiration. If you want any of the stuff, visualization, if you want to manifest, it all begins with a choice. And that choice mm-hmm. is to go, okay, I'm going to entertain this idea and put energy towards it. Mm-hmm. And then once that happens, again, it's a surrendering. So mm-hmm. if I feel that call, like, oh, I'm going to take the whole weekend off. That makes me feel a little queasy. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Because yeah. I mean, regardless, it's just an experiment, right? All of life should, in theory, right? Should all over me again should be an experiment is the way mm-hmm. I look at it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like hitting buttons. I'm a button yep. hitter, you know, I like yep. hitting buttons, seeing how I feel and going, okay, maybe discernment. I won't do that one again, but I like this one. Okay, cool. Cause if you don't try every flavor of ice cream and you just stick with one, sure. That one could still be your favorite, but how do you know if you haven't mm-hmm. experienced it all, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and a couple things came through while you were sharing that mm-hmm. is, and just for anyone out there who, maybe that resonated with, or they're like, okay, I want to try that, you know, whether it's meditating or just going on a walk or just, you know, for me, sometimes just literally laying down in the grass and staring at the sky for five minutes. So I, I used to think there was something wrong with me because I would meditate and nothing would come through like, well, they're not getting any downloads. And like, and that's, I never get the downloads in the empty space. But when I give myself that permission or when I, when I let myself be still and I am giving myself that nutrient of meditation or just something where I'm just really being present in the stillness, in the quiet, the downloads will usually come through a little bit later for me. And I would imagine other people are like that too, but something happens where we remove a film from the lens and then things can then shine through it at when they're ready to come through. But if we don't give ourselves that quiet and that stillness, then we're never going to wipe off that, that lens. And the thing is never going to come through when it wants to come through. So just wanted to add that note is like, I, I almost never get the inspiration or the downloads in my quiet time. It's usually just giving myself that nutrient so the thing can come through. Well, I thought of a really funny analogy when you were talking about that. And, you know, my secret love language is analogy. So I'm just going to go with it. And this is so goofy, guys. I'm not even a race car driver. I have no idea where this came through. But <laughs> but you know how like uh, like when the people are dragging and doing drag races, they'll, they'll burn their tires first so the rubber sticks to the ground more? Mm-hmm. The meditation is the burning of the tires. So okay. then when you're out in life, your tires stick better, right? And so what <laughs> does that mean? It means that like now you have the cleared space for stuff to come in, right? It's just like if you're mm-hmm. shopping in the grocery store and you have a full cart and someone tries to throw something in there, you know, let's be real. We're all probably really good at getting things into carts. But say, for <laughs> instance, there was no way to get that in. You couldn't hold it. But yeah. if you're like, hey, you know what? What do I actually need here? And you're like, all right, I can remove these 30 things. I don't really need those, at least today. You know, I can come back tomorrow, whatever. Then when you find the thing you really want, it can actually hop in there. You know, those are my two yeah. hilarious analogies that came through. I don't know. <laughs> universe definitely channels its sense of humor through me, uh, for sure. Because Some of the analogies I get, I'm like, what? the hell where did this come from you know third but i should, you know yeah analogies by third eye Rye. yes <laughs> a whole book of yeah <laughs> strange and unusual analogies <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> a modern tale you know yeah, <laughs> that'll be my version of hallmark you know it'll just be analogy cards <laughs> yeah so man mm. This was incredible, man, getting the journey with you and getting to hear your story and, you know, philosophize with you and jump down some rabbit holes. And, you know, I'm really curious for those listening who were called through what you do, through what you teach, through sound healing to get more into any of these fields or just get to know you better. Where can I send people to find you? Yeah. um, So I'm, I just actually today officially made the decision. I'm going to See if uh, getting back on Instagram is serving me after a really long break. I think seven or eight months of mm-hmm. no, no personal Instagram, only work answering like business DMs. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was really proud of myself for 
following through with that. And um, yeah, I'm going to come back to it and see if it's feeling nurturing and aligned with where I'm at right now. So on Instagram, personally, I'm Brian Committed. And then my company is Committed HP. Um, you can also get a hold of me, me personally through that. And then um, my wife and I are, are starting a new business for vibrational medicine and somatic healing. And we're going to take, we're really taking our time on that. But potentially by the time this is alive, we'll, we'll have formed the, the business and, and um, started moving forward with that. But I'm also totally comfortable with giving out my email. It's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at committedhp.com. Um, and committed has two M's and two T's. So C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-D. Um, so if you're looking up the business on Instagram or looking me up or emailing me, just make sure to have all the M's and T's. <laughs> and yeah, just really, really excited to start sharing more of this sound healing and vibrational medicine stuff that's coming through in a way that's I've never had the opportunity to share a gift with the world in this pure of a sense. You know, I'm going to do it as long as I can without having any financial incentive behind it to really make sure it comes through in its purest way. And so going to be sharing a lot of different gifts with the world through that. I don't know exactly what that means, but that's my intention. So yeah, I think those are the, the main ways to, to get a hold of me. One of the biggest things in terms of like, if I was to say there's a, a mission or a goal with the sound stuff, that's not just letting it come through as it comes through is, is really acting as a bridge um, between, you know, like someone who's like me a few years ago, who's, you know, maybe been in fitness and they're looking into self-improvement. Maybe they're starting to dabble in holistic health, but they're not really there. And a lot of times it can be intimidating to like a sound healer, you know, like I was in Sedona and like, I looked up a couple sound healers and they were all in like white robes and looking <laughs> ultra spiritual in all their yeah. pictures. And even I was like, I don't know if like, I want to go see them. Cause I don't know how much I would resonate with them. Yeah. But like when you see me walking around the street, I, no one has ever been like, that guy's a sound healer. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> and, and like, I'm, I'm still a pretty normal dude. At, at least I think, um, so acting as a bridge for people, both in terms of practices that are that help people like kind of step by step move into um, a greater sense of awareness and a greater sense of permission around these things. Yeah, just to be someone that maybe resonates more with an everyday person that does facilitate this type of work. Mm, I love that, man. And, uh, you know, I have one last question for you. If you're up for receiving it, what do you say? I'm, I'm ready, man. All right, dude. So if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Brian Osuna suggest that change be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the thing that immediately came into my head is, is breathe. <laughs> and that can branch out into a million different things, but the power of practicing intentional breath and being with your breath and has is just proliferated into so much growth and healing and presence for me. And, you know, the breath is so tied into every aspect of our experience and our being. And I'm pretty sure Paul check says the breath anchors the soul into the body. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and you know, the breath is absolutely paramount in sound and vibrational medicine and, for performance man breathing when i did breath work like really dove into breath work for my performance man my performance went through the roof mm. so the thing that came through was was breathe <laughs> i love that man and it's a very essential tool for life right try not breathing <laughs> right i actually yeah. i think i dropped this on uh, the other podcast it seems like an other podcast type thing i would say um but you know i heard this really interesting theory one time that oxygen is hallucinatory and that we're the only reason we're staying in this experience of life is because we're choosing to keep breathing oxygen and to stop having this experience this trip you cut off your oxygen and then you pass over and you go to a different reality really weird you know but 
all, all suffice to true. say, yeah, exactly. Breathing is important if you want to keep this illusion of life continuing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and there's a lot of different things, a lot of ways to explore this illusion of life yes. through breath. So, yeah. And breathe. Yeah. And if you do some when you're doing some plant medicines, you know, there might be some really interesting things that happens too. you know, try breath work. If you do a plant medicine, (laughs) (laughs) we figured that out together a couple times. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so guys, Brian is one of those people that when you meet immediately helps you feel grounded. His zest for life and optimizing his experience of life is contagious and something that I resonate with on a deep soul level as I truly feel that the gift of being able to be a battery charger in the world around you, rather than a battery drainer, is one of the best gifts we have the opportunity to give one another. Brian does a great job of reminding anyone he comes across how easy it is to tap into the passion for life that yearns to flow out of us all. And if you are currently looking to upgrade your physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual well-being, then Brian is the man who can guide you and help you in unlocking the parts of you that are waiting to emerge. And also, I wanted to share that this show is continuing to grow more and more by the week. And that is in a big part, thanks to all of you who have been sharing the show and leaving reviews. I am beyond elated at how much enjoyment you are all receiving and listening in on these interviews, as trust me when I say that at one point not long ago, this was truly all a dream for me. As always, I am forever grateful to all of you for for your continued support, and I'm looking forward to meeting you all in person to share a big hug with in the near future. Brian, thank you so much once again for stopping by to share your journey and your wisdom with us today. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded web page, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.